0: lovely listeners this is your GM Alex and I'm just popping by to give you a couple little notifications now first if you wanted to participate in our annual art contest it is not too late deadline is in eight days from the publication of this episode July 16th if you're still working on something. Get it in. You can message us on Facebook, you can email us, or you can ping us on Discord. We've got lots of ways to get in touch. One day prior to the deadline for our art contest will be the finale of book three of our Tyrant's Grass podcast. I cannot wait for you guys to hear. It's going to be amazing. The following Monday, after... The premiere of that finale and the deadline of the art contest, that is July 18th, that Monday, we will be doing our live Book 3 retrospective. If you want to get in on that, listen in live, send us comments on Discord, make me feel bad, and I know you do. Uh, Just a easy $10 pledge on our Patreon is all you need to get early access to not just Our retrospectives, i.e., listening live, but also early access to our actual Tyrant's Grasp episodes. And you'll even be able to listen in live for our War for the Crown episodes. So, big tier, easy $10 pledge. It's there if you want it. All right, that's all I really wanted to come over and remind you guys of. A couple pretty big things coming up pretty soon. Mark your calendars, get ready. And in the meantime, get ready. For this episode, which is also a bit of a doozy, episode 76, Keeper of the Light Ballista. It's the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. You won't find anything hairier on your feed. How's everybody doing? We're still in Vigil, uh, population unknown, and you guys just had a a, a very, uh, I don't think a very eventful encounter. I don't even really remember who you fought, but um, now you're at the ballista tower at the southern end of Vigil, seemingly the last surviving tower in the whole city. Everything else is just crumbled. You have a magical ballista bolt in hand, and you've just entered after passing a very uh, thorough, very thorough test to prove that you're not undead.
1: The test should have been like a witch trial test, like, <laughs> oh yeah, well if you're so alive then kill yourself, like the <laughs> witches, where they would like throw them off a cliff or whatever.
2: Right.
3: Oh, gee, I guess she was not a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drown you, and if you float, you're a witch, and if not, well I guess we were wrong, and nothing bad will
0: happen. If not, I have tenure. <laughs> yeah, you guys have just entered uh, this ballista tower, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, put you on the map.
3: Well, while you're doing that, uh, about that uneventful battle we had last week, fuck you two. <laughs> I hardly I hardly remember what happened. It's because it was so traumatic and evil, you even blocked it out of your own head.
0: <laughs> we last left off with you guys uh, entering this tower, and you step in. And this large mustering area is crammed with bedrolls, Rain barrels, supplies, and other salvaged goods. A heavy iron door leads north where you came from, while a staircase leads up in an alcove to the east. Kind of reminding you of the Sancta Day. Uh Several dozen survivors are huddled in this room. They're all swapping more stories of the horrors they experienced. Huddled in a corner, uh, you see a male half-elf uh, taking a knee... Uh, next to two young boys sitting on a couple barrels, and the half elf is writing uh, down on a uh, on a scroll. Randolph, you would actually recognize this uh, this half elf. Uh, he's a, a fellow Pathfinder. Oh, uh, his name is Caleb Firefoot. Mm, doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, oh, my mistake. I guess you don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's just kind of writing down on this uh, scroll. Uh, while the two boys are very awkwardly, seemingly uh, like retelling him like their own personal stories of what happened to them before they got uh, to the tower. Just walking past them, you get snippets and it sounds like their father got transformed into some sort of blood-sucking undead creature, possibly a vampire. Killed their mother and tried to get them, but they managed to escape.
1: Alright boys. That sounds traumatizing, but let's uh, let's pack it up here. Who wants to fire this thing, huh?
0: Huh? What? Uh, they they're just, they just look at you and they shake their head. Caleb uh, turns and he he sees you. Randolph, hey Caleb, uh, glad I'm, to see you. It's so good to see you. Uh, Sorry uh, about the whole dad thing. He was a good man. Oh, did you know him? And he like. He, he dabs his, his quill on his tongue and like prepares to, to like, oh, make geez. an addendum to, <laughs> to what he's written so far. I'm trying to
1: figure out if I'm in too deep already, or if I'm going to be about in too deep. Or, uh... Well,
2: wouldn't you notice that if he's asking you for information, he must, he himself, not have that much. Yeah, yeah. You could lie your way through this. I could lie my way through this. It's the Randolph way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh i can't help but yeah. think of nick as the little devil on joe's right <laughs> yeah,
2: that's what i was imagining <laughs> i'm over here like giggling within with no noise like
1: <laughs> oh yes yes he was uh he was a great man and we uh we served we served back in the war
0: the ah okay the war um what did Anyways, wants to fire this. Oh, <laughs> oh so, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm so sorry. You, you seem like you're. You, you have something very important there. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm just. I'm just transcribing uh, some some stories for what happened here. It's. I'll tell you all about him when this is done. First things first,
1: and I gather everyone around as if I'm now leading the charge with the bolt in my hand. First things first, we have to take that thing down, all right? Is this or is this not a ballista tower?
0: Huh? I start pointing the bolt at people. Uh, K- Caleb just nods his head. He says, of course, yes, of course. Um, you'll want to head upstairs. Uh, Evni is, is, is up there, and she'll, she'll be very happy to see that, that you've survived as well.
1: Evni Zognas. Well, then, I think we've got our man. Thank you very much, and I skip away.
0: All right, so if you follow uh, Caleb's directions, uh, you head up the stairs on the eastern side of this this room, and uh, that leads you up to, it just looks like a simple barracks uh, that you have to walk through to get to uh, the next room. So you go through that door on the western side of the... small barracks and a a wedge-shaped deck points south from the ballista tower away from vigil an enormous ballista is affixed to a hinged mount at the point of the wedge providing a wide field of fire a barrel of ballista bolt stands near the siege engine the northern portion of this deck contains several holes in the floor a winch mechanism and a fortified balcony that looks upon the devastated city you can see Pillars of smoke still still rising from various points in vigil. Sturdy wooden doors lead to the east, uh, where you came from, and to the west. So also in this room, uh, standing between uh, the southern opening and the northern opening, is a uh, a human male. Randolph, you recognize another pathfinder named Yaladar Norvik. Uh, By the grace, is this Yaladar Norvik? Randolph! Yes, yes! Oh, so good to see you. I I had feared that I had feared the worst. Yes, and I've been thinking about you as well. You're here. <laughs> That's amazing. Indeed, indeed. Uh he's uh you notice he's standing next to uh a large mirror. Uh you may remember um Aluna mentioned that they were using mirrors to communicate between the uh the, the tower and the the Sancti Day. and he's got, like, a small notepad in hand that he's been, like, writing notes down as he's been receiving messages. That's he... a big mirror
1: you've got there.
0: Oh, thank you for noticing. Yes, uh, t'was, uh, twas idea to, to use mirrors to communicate once we realized there were other survivors over at the Sancti Amadei. Uh, we, I hear, I hear tell that, uh, that a, a group of heroes was on their way over, over here to deliver a, uh, A magical ballista bolt. Would that happen to be you, Randolph?
1: Well, I'm not all of the heroes, but I'm most of them. And (laughs) here it is. I hold it up like it's some, uh, you know, giant awesome thing.
3: Numerically, he is the most people (laughs)
0: among the group. Exactly. Yes. He controls more heroes than any other player. (laughs)
1: Look at the Uh, size of this bad boy. So the plan is... We put this in that ballista bolt, and you and I pat his chest. You are gonna fire it, or if you're not up to it, Evni's gonna fire it, or you've got the heroes. So one of us is gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I held it. That's you know, sort of my my thing is holding
0: it. He uh, yeah. He he shakes his head with a with a sly grin. He says, "No, my friend. Uh, you you know you know better than most, Randolph. I'm I." I... I am no, I am no uh, marksman.
1: Right, right, right. I just wanted to have you involved beyond the mirror thing. <laughs> Good to see. You. I give him a hug, as if you know. He,
0: oh, he, re- he returns it very enthusiastically. Oh, that's great. Uh, he says, "Well, uh, Evany will be very glad to see that you've arrived." Um, she's she's passed there, and he point points to the the door to the west. He says, "But uh, I, I, don't know. I think, I think there's something something's wrong in there." I Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine, but she she just seems worried about something. Uh, I'm sure seeing you will will uh, will ease her her anxieties. Randolph's here now. Yes, she has I'll met Randolph before, it. right? Huh? <laughs> I look
3: over at yeah, yeah, yes, of course, of course she has. I look, o-
1: look over at Rogar as if to say, "You shut the hell up!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Come on. I'm gonna need all the heroes I can muster to talk yes, to. Yes, yes.
0: Don't waste another second.
1: And you keep doing the mirror stuff. I, I love your work. Stay there. Don't move.
0: Um. All right. So, you guys continue in your tour of this ballista tower.
1: I, uh, I go right up to, um, Evne's room, assuming I know where that is.
0: Well, he pointed to the, you know, the, the door right next to him. There can be little doubt.
1: All right. I go up to that door, I give it a couple knocks, and I open it without uh, without anyone having to answer, and I say, uh, "Knock, knock, knock! <laughs> Did anyone order a demon slaying, town saving, magical ballista bolt?" And I hoist it up as I enter the room, all satisfactorily.
0: Yeah. So you uh, you you enter the room, and it looks like this was probably like the officer's quarters of this ballista tower, but has been uh, refitted to an, like an ad hoc uh, field hospital. There's some cots and medical supplies uh, occupying a lot of the space and uh, not matching the energy that Randolph enters this room. <laughs> yeah, with. see that. You do see Evne. Uh, she's uh, tending to what appear to be uh, a bunch of sailors. Uh, you remember Aluna mentioned that... Uh, a sailing ship sailed into the harbor of Vigil after the radiant fire went off and the sailors were immediately accosted by undead. But soldiers from this ballista tower came and helped them to safety. And you guys are planning on using that sailing ship to escape the city after you slay the haunting dark. So, yeah, Evni is uh, currently tending to uh, a bunch of sailors, uh, and you see what looks like maybe the captain of the ship is a uh, a, a rather uh, toned female half-orc. She's suffered some injuries, uh, but she looks like she's uh, carrying herself with a bit more uh, dignity, even though like half of her face looks like it got like semi-melted. But upon entering, upon you entering, uh, Evne looks up, and uh, her face lights up. Randolph. F-B. You're, you're the you're the heroes that that they sent over here with the ballista bolt. I'm most of them she like nobody's in like immediate danger that she's like tending to. so she just like st- like puts everything down that she's that she's doing. she she hurries over to to Randolph and she just gives you a, a as big a hug as her little gnome arms can can give.
1: oh I give her a hug. It's good to see her again because, you know, most of the town is dead and whatever. so yeah, literally any face is a good face
0: she says you'll have to you'll have to tell me everything that you've gone through uh since we last parted but after after we deal with the uh, the immediate uh situation at hand and when when she says that her her mood kind of drops again and she uh she looks over to uh the north end of the room and uh you see uh you see a man in uh with an eye patch he he might look a a, a little familiar to to most of you without being too coy about it this is uh pierce Jarrell i'm sure i'm sure you oh. might have seen like just kind of seen him in passing during part of that interrogation that yeah uh, Cito he... was putting you through yeah because he came in to talk to vipera yeah uh so he uh, he's got like this you know messy i don't care blonde hair uh an eye patch but he is uh he's like sitting in the corner of the room uh like kind of like rocking a little bit and he's just muttering under his breath and he does not look like he's aware of you guys at all
1: I uh I point to him and point to my eye socket and say to uh Ebony, well he
0: certainly won't be firing it huh what do you say Are we doing this or what Ebony uh she shakes her head she says certainly he won't be uh but he was working on a means to uh to better fire the crossbow, well, I, you know, Randolph, uh, I'm a, a bit of a collector of books, uh, mm-hmm. and some of some of those books uh, have some uh, very esoteric uh, information in them. Uh, I believed, and and Pierce was in agreeance that, well, I don't know how much of that about that ballista bolt you 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 already know, but did you get the thing's rumored? name? No, uh, well, not yet, but. Yes, yeah, I, I see that you you do already know, Rogier. Uh, the rumor has it when you utter the name of the target of the ballista before firing, uh, it is almost assuredly a successful hit. Uh, but we both we both suspect that uh, in one of these books may contain the name of the haunting dark. Pierce volunteered to track the information down, and while I believe he he narrowed it down to the the correct book. I, well, I don't always curate the stuff that I get, okay? Uh, and if uh, I acquired a book at one point that had a, a curse in it, then I, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't know. Uh, but apparently the, the book uh, got in his head and he, well, just look at him. And uh, yeah, you He chill, lost like, his eye. <laughs> points to Pierce, <laughs> who's just, like, rocking, mumbling under his breath. Would that be a spellcraft?
2: I heard books. There's got to be some knowledge I can roll.
3: I, he- I heard curse, too, and I believe Randolph can help with that. Ooh, if I had the spell slot, I totally
0: could. Uhtred, <laughs> you can give me a uh, spellcraft or knowledge arcana check, or anybody who wants to to try to diagnose what happened to Pierce. I'm sure, you got a 38 on a knowledge arcana. Uh, so yeah, you recognize that Pierce fell afoul of an insane writings trap. It is uh, it is triggered when uh, somebody reads a, a certain uh, page or passage. Sometimes it might be a you know like a, a specific character. Upon being triggered, the reader needs to make a will save versus a bestow curse effect that. To, uh, gives you a minus six to your intelligence score and then immediately after that you uh the reader will need to make a second will save to negate an insanity effect but the only that you need to treat like each roll that you make uh, as do nothing but babble incoherently
2: and you break it how
0: well it's a it's a curse. Well. The bestow curse part is a curse. Uh, the second part is the insanity spell. We may remember from Skull and Shackles when we had a couple PCs become insane. You can restore insanity. It specifically says remove curse does not remove insanity. Um, greater restoration, heal, limited re- limited wish, miracle, or wish can restore the creature. That's from the spell description. Uh, you guys, however, recently acquired a scroll called Psychic Surgery that does specifically say that it cures insanity.
1: Hey, uh, I got an idea. Call me crazy. What if we had... And then I sort of uh, inconspicuously point to the crazy
3: man, our genius. What if we had him take a look at the book? I feel like it should either be Uhtred or you, Randolph. Utrid is very good with the research, but... And I I carried this over. Yes, I gotta do everything. (laughs) Well, I I think evidence to the contrary, but I think you might have the strongest mind among us.
0: I'll add, just for the the sake of uh, pacing, uh, I'll tell you that searching through this book for the Haunting Dark's name uh, normally takes two hours, but you can reduce this time to only ten minutes with a successful knowledge planes or relevant profession check. So basically there's no, there's no check to make to find the name of the haunting dark. You you read through this book, you're going to find it. Mm,
2: It's just, it's a time commitment. It
0: is. Yeah. So you can find it in 10 minutes or you can find it in two hours. Either way, uh, at some point you're going to have to make two will saves. The second one is the much more debilitating one. um, And if you fail that one, then somebody else is going to have to look for it. Now the curse is used up at that point, but if they fail their knowledge planes check to find it in 10 minutes, it's going to take them two hours and they're going to have to make a will save against the same stuff. So So
3: my, my thought is I think we should have Randolph start reading it because I think he has the best chance of, Overcoming the curse. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Um, also, we did get a cloak of resistance plus four that Sito was wearing. I don't think anyone officially claimed that. Mm-hmm. So, at the very least, I say we give that to Randolph right now for this. If this is what we're gonna do.
2: Hold on, before we have Randolph read it, the scroll we got, the uh, psychic surgery that cures insanity. Who? What spell list w- was that on?
0: Uh, none of yours. No, perhaps uh, there is a useful NPC in the scar tower that might be able to use it. Uh, And also, I just want to, if it doesn't change what, you know, the way you want to do this, and that's fine. I just want to make sure that you haven't lost sight of the fact that you've left a church full of injured and fatigued people in a city whose undead hordes are probably going to find their way to that church sooner or later. And, like, you know, Randolph might have the best chance of making these will saves, but time is also going to be a factor if you want to get as many people out of here as possible.
2: That was going to be my next question, actually. Do you have anything in Knowledge Planes for Randolph, Joe? Mm,
0: I got a plus six. It's not bad. Anybody who's, like, gotten close to Pierce to, like... Like, like I said, like, diagnose what happened to him. Uh, you just hear him, like, mumbling the same thing over and over again. Hope not ever to see heaven. She's come to lead us to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into the ice.
2: Joe, what's Randolph's will save?
0: Uh, It's a
2: 12. So, basically what it comes down to is Uhtred has a 15 knowledge planes, but his will save is an 8. So... Randolph's probably gonna have a better time resisting the effects of the curse and a harder time making the knowledge planes check. Uchid'll probably get the knowledge planes check, but runs a real good chance of ending up in Pierce's position. I kinda think, regardless of who goes, we should attempt it cause we have the scroll, so if like, someone does fall insane, we can get them out of it and then just move on without it. Yeah, And if nobody falls insane, awesome. We get the planes check and find the name in time, or we don't.
3: Well, I think because we have that scroll, I think you're right. I think time is of the essence. So I think Utrid should be the one to go through it, because he has the best chance of doing it fast.
2: Yeah, all right. I mean, I don't think Joe's going to fight to want to do this. So I'm cool with
0: Utrid uh, taking a swing at it. All right. Uh, so Utrid, give me a knowledge planes check. Oh no, seventeen. It's gonna take you two hours. Ugh. Yeah, rolling a
2: two will do that to you. Man. All right. Well. But it's okay. Now I'm not gonna roll bad on the will saves because there was the shit Very roll. true.
0: So yeah, Utrid sits down. He he starts going through this book and maybe if but I f- maybe if he uh you know he had he had a a clear mind and like wasn't being distracted by the existential dread going on uh he might have been able to you know better compartmentalize this book and you know i can i can skip this chapter it's just going to be about this and like oh like if i if i want this information i better you know look through these parts of the book first i can cross reference blah 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 and just do some like you know grad school student shit and really expedite that book but he just starts reading and reading and reading. And is anybody doing anything while they're waiting for Uhtred to discover the name of the haunting dark or become insane?
1: Um, I'm assisting
4: with, uh, you know, er, like encouragement.
1: Are we? You've got this, Uhtred. Really read the words. You know, <laughs> don't just look at them.
4: <laughs> Are we really gonna sit here for two hours to try to find this information or?
0: Well. Out of game, you guys have no way of knowing it's going to take him two hours.
4: Right. Uh, out of yeah, game. Yeah,
0: but I
2: think what Tom is saying at a certain point, like 15, 20 minutes, we're going to be like, this is taking like, too long. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's. You get one shot. We're not going to commit to two you hours. You get one shot on this Ballista Bolt, and finding that name is going to give you a plus 20 on your attack roll.
2: Yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Ballista Bolt itself. Yeah. What are the mechanics behind it? It's a now is Tarbrot found undead?
0: Yes. <laughs> are you gonna? Are You gonna lug wondering... a ballista around with you for the rest of the campaign? I put it. Put
4: no. <laughs> Legendary. Well, well. we'll
2: uh, listen. Here, here's what I'm thinking. Like, does it make a, like? Is there any sense to struggle busting our way through this encounter and saving that for the big climax? where you know we're going to be probably fighting, like, the Whispering Tyrant. I'm assuming, like, you know, uh, in the Lord of the Rings, where it's, like, the army of the dead versus the army of the living, like, epic battle. That would be a, a a pretty handy ace to have in our pocket. And I don't think we're going to come across another one of them.
3: Let me ask you this. Would Uhtred be willing to possibly sacrifice... Everyone in the Sancti Amadei on that notion.
2: That's He's not thinking an easy really thing hard. Yeah, it's not an easy answer for Uhtred. I think Uhtred's had a very big picture lens through all of these encounters and events. So I, I think there is a large portion of him that would maybe think this is a risk worth taking. And that's even with full acknowledgement that his stepbrother and his wife and nephew or niece, potentially, would be a part of that group.
0: Yeah. So here's some more information for you. PCs who aren't proficient with siege weapons, which I assume is all of you, uh, take the normal minus four penalty for using a weapon with which you aren't proficient when firing the ballista. Uh, PCs take an additional penalty based on their size. Medium PCs take a minus two penalty. Small PCs take a minus four penalty. A PC with ranks in Knowledge Engineering don't take any penalties for size. Alternatively, the size penalty is reduced by two for each creature assisting the PC of firing the ballista. Uh, Assisting, of course, being make an attack roll against an AC of 10, uh, but you'd be taking the same penalties that I just listed in order to hit that 10 for the assistance. I assume Uhtred has ranks in knowledge engineering.
2: It's a knowledge, so yes. It's Hmm. definitely not one I've invested as much in the others in.
3: It doesn't need to be a lot of ranks. You don't need to... He didn't say you needed to meet a particular DC. You just needed to have ranks in engineering to avoid that penalty. Yeah,
0: well, the size penalty. So you'd still have the minus four penalty for not being proficient. But anybody trying to assist you is going to take the minus four in addition to the minus two size penalty to make their... Uh, attack rolls to assist, unless they also have ranks in knowledge engineering, or are at least large-sized.
2: See, to me, this is sounding more and more like we're not going to have the name so it's not a plus 20. We're not going to have... Everyone's going to be taking massive penalties on their rolls to assist. We don't have someone who's really designed to do this in the first place, and we're just going to shoot and miss this arrow and then have to fucking struggle our way through this encounter regardless
4: from my standpoint i think if we want that chance of getting the plus 20 and we haven't hit the trap yet which also means that we haven't hit the information gathered yet pierce Jarrell might actually have the information needed or at the very least he knows what page to look at
0: that is possible um just in the interest of giving you guys as much context as possible, I'd like a knowledge religion check from everybody who's got it trained. Uh, Eight.
1: 26. Ooh. Oh, yeah.
0: Natural 20.
2: Uchra got a 28.
0: As you guys have been kind of weighing your options, uh, Uchra's been reading away, and it's just been like, besides the ambient... Uh, like moans from the injured uh, sailors or a distant like crash or scream or roar from the city. Uh, it's just been silence in this tower and ever present is a giant shadow that just keeps dipping down below the clouds over the city only to go back up almost like a upside down shark fin At one point Evni just kind of joins you guys and just appreciating the, the the gravity of of this moment. She looks up at the sky. She says, "It's been very far away, but it's also very large. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it's a nightwing." And your knowledge religion checks were to know what a nightwing is. Uhtred and Randolph both rolled high enough. Uh, nightwings are a subtype of a class of undead called nightshades the least of the known types of nightshade the nightwing is nevertheless a deadly foe nightwings often serve more powerful nightshades as aerial support you can each ask one question about nightwings and uh with evney's uh encyclopedic uh knowledge i'll i'll give you guys as a group a bonus question to ask so utrid and randolph let's go with your questions first
2: any DR.
0: They have DR 15, that is overcome overcome what? by weapons that are both good and silver.
2: So it has to be a silver weapon that is also good. Like a holy Why?
0: weapon made of silver. Randolph?
2: What
1: happens if we don't kill this thing?
0: I mean, that's I'm not going to count that as a question, but it's going to continue to uh, patrol the skies above the city, and any group of people attempting to leave, it's going to going to hunt them down right and, i mean you can ask about you know offenses ways that it special might ability. kill people
1: yeah yes offensive ways that it's gonna react.
0: would you like to know some offensive spells or would you like to know it's yes uh, special attack
1: oh i wanted to say yes to the first thing that you said but now i want to know it's special attack
0: the bite of a Nightwing drains magical power and energy. When Nightwing bites a foe, the victim must make a will save or one spell effect currently affecting him immediately ends. Uh, you determine which spell is drained randomly if the target is under the effect of more than one spell. The Nightwing heals.
1: All right. I changed my mind. Too late. The Nightwing the
0: heals one. damage equal to twice the level of the spell drained. Uh, it gains temporary hit points if that puts it over uh, full. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Uh, and then you guys
4: have one bonus question from Evni. I would like to know it's AC.
2: Pretty sure that's not a valid question.
4: Um what? Like the
0: HP game? I, I guess. You guys can play the it's AC good. game. I don't I I don't see what I don't see how it's really any different. Well not just to what would be a good a good guess.
3: Like my base ranged attack is at a plus thirteen. And I don't have ranks in knowledge engineering, so I'm going to be at a minus four from that, right, Alex? Yep. And then another Uh, minus two for being medium. So I'm at a plus seven as my ranged attack against this thing.
2: Uh, I think I just take the minus four. The minus two size. Minus four. And then no, the minus four was for not being proficient. So it's a minus four. Yeah, mine's at a 13, so minus so four. Plus yeah,
3: so mine's nine. Yeah. Mine's also at a 13, but you have fewer penalties than I do.
4: If we're willing to wait 10 minutes, I can do a harrow reading for whoever's going, but that's a hit or miss on the. Uh, uh, I'm giving advantages. Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, you you could also do that while Uchard was. Um, reading the book.
4: Right. And that's kind of what I was going to bring up to Alex, if that's possible. I don't like that was thought of beforehand, but it wasn't really said beforehand. So I'm I'm not against that. But right now I'm just
3: trying to get a basic idea of what our attack bonus is going to be. So we know how much we're going to need that plus 20 or not so right now it sounds like with haste and large person Utrud would be at a d20 plus 10 plus whatever assistance we can give him on the attack so we can maybe assume like a plus four so a d20
4: plus 14 I'm thinking 27 for AC if it's higher than that I just think it's a good uh, starting point
3: yeah I mean I was gonna say Twenty-five, but twenty-seven works too. Yeah, if it's, if it's lower than twenty-seven, we've got a pretty good shot of hitting it on our own.
0: So that sounds like a, a good, a good target number to me. So we're playing the AC game, and the target is twenty-seven. Yep, higher. <laughs> Oof. See, um,
2: see, 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 see. <laughs> the other problem is now.
0: That's part. That's the part of the equation Utrud <laughs> we- wasn't considering. Uh, he was assuming that you'd be able to walk away from this fight without using that ballista bolt
2: oh, my, I'm even I'm more concerned now we're gonna miss the ballista bolt and still have to do it my
4: way and that that's not gonna go good. The only thing that I would say is that we should probably wake Pierce. He might have the information already and we can't spend hours looking at this book. I mean you've this, alre- point, has already has already sure started
0: reading. The fact that he didn't make his knowledge arcane or knowledge planes check isn't relevant to you guys. I mean, at some point you guys could say enough is enough. Let's wake up Pierce. But like at that point, it's like what's that uh, that term where it's like we're already like we've already committed this much. Like we have to just keep going. We're we're pot committed. committed at that point. No,
3: If, if we deep. got
2: twenty minutes in. Uchred would stop instead of wasting another hour and forty minutes. We don't have. This much time, like, I'm just, I'm giving up on getting the name.
4: Right. That's kind of what I'm saying is, like, at what point do we call it quits?
3: It sounds like Utrid is going to give up before getting the information, but we don't know if he's going to read far enough to trigger that trap or not. So we need to see if that resolves before we decide what to do about
0: Pierce. Okay, so... Utrid is stopping after 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to say Utrid has a 20% chance to have to make saves against the hidden writing strap.
2: I would like highs, please. All
0: right, so 81 to 100, right?
2: No, 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 so no. So 1 to no, 20, no. you need I to want, make will saves. Yeah. So anything high is successful for me, anything over 20 is successful for me. <laughs> oh, always go
0: highs baby Always go. High. you see how he tried to slip that in there like
4: <laughs>
0: that's a 94 baby alright so Oof. yeah Utrid, after 20 minutes snaps the book shut and says this is a waste of time I would have gotten it already if I got my skill check
2: now, now I would be on board with using
0: the scroll on piers. alright I hope he's already gotten the information well we hope so too yeah <laughs> Alright, uh, how are you using the scroll?
3: We're gonna ask Evni if she knows someone that can cast the scroll. Evni says,
0: well, of course I know him. He's me. And she, uh, she takes the (laughs) scroll, and, uh, then she looks at it. She goes, oh, um, uh, this is a little embarrassing. Uh, do you guys have some diamond dust I could borrow? Uh, how much? I need about this much. And she pinches her fingers together, indicating 250 gold worth of diamond dust.
3: All right, I fish out two hundred and fifty gold worth of diamond dust for okay. her.
0: It oh, looks like this spell takes about ten minutes to cast.
4: All right, while I while she does that, I'm gonna do a haro- harrowing on uh, Uhtred.
0: Okay. Evne takes the uh, the diamond dust, and she kind of like she claps her hands together, and she starts rubbing them, uh, and like the diamond dust starts to just coalesce to the palms of her hands. And she separates her hands, and they're, like, glowing this white hot light. And then she puts her hands, uh, palms in, on either side of Pierce's head. And she just kind of starts, like, wiggling her fingers. And she like, it's almost like, uh, like Scarlet Witch, kind of, like, puppeteering. Like, she's, like, kind of, like, untangling, like, Pierce's mind or something. And the, uh, the white light is kind of, like, stringing its way into Pierce's head through his through his ears on either side. And she just kind of is going to be at that for the next 10 minutes.
2: While she's doing that, I want to use one of my Pearls of Power, third level, to re-prepare Fly. All
0: right. Ebony says, By the way, when we're finally ready to fire that thing, even if we do come up with its true name, hitting it when it's up that high... Uh, I don't think it's going to work out for us. We'll need to lure it down here first. It seems to come down to investigate any time a, a sizable group gathers around the outside of the walls. So, well, some of us are going to have to be bait. And when it comes down to check it out, someone else up here can take the shot. So, genus, you're doing a hero reading. Yes. Um, so first... Uh, the group needs to present, uh, like, a, a question, a course of action. I can think of a pretty obvious one. doesn't have to be yes or no, like, just What's like, going to happen when we try to fight the Haunting Dark? Yeah. yeah. Something like, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uhtred, as he's, like, re-preparing uh, a spell, he's going to kind of, like, notice that genus is starting to, like... You know, pull cards from his deck and place them down in that three-by-three grid he's seen before, and uh, he's gonna say, "Our uh, genius is now really the time to be doing a hero reading."
4: Yes, yes, there's been no better time. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, I promise the the cards, uh, the cards know a lot more than, uh, than we might.
2: Maybe, but I'm not sure the cards are going to be able to help us with this haunting dark we have to fight.
4: <laughs> have you ever, uh, have you ever been part of a harrow reading before?
2: Uchard like kind of just puts his hand in his pocket and feels his own harrow card. A time or two
4: I have. Well, <laughs> you must have uh, noticed some level of. Uh, Power exchange between you and the cards.
2: Not any of the kind that I think is going to help with our immediate task.
4: Well, uh, there's a uh, there's a number of benefits uh, that uh, uh, that can come from the cards, in- including helping out, uh, uh, guiding your bolt, if you will. Well, don't
2: let me stand in your way then.
4: Well, <laughs> uh, why doesn't everybody, uh, gather round? Um, yeah, I, w- I would like you all to, uh, to convene, if you will, <laughs> to, uh, uh, to come up with a question that, uh, directly, uh, I would suggest uh, something along with this, uh, uh, this dark figure that roams the sky.
2: <laughs> I don't know, genius. What will happen if we fight this nightshade?
4: That's the that's the question now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I would like uh, each of you to uh, pick a card, any card.
1: <laughs> I look around the room and hesitantly pick uh,
0: a card. Give me a number between one and nine. Nine. I take eight.
4: Take seven. Our genius is more offering his services. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randolph, you, uh, you got the uh, Uprising card, I see. <laughs> this card represents a lack of understanding and uh, underestimating. You may wish to change your ways before they change you. <laughs> uh, Rogiar, uh, the Beating... This represents attacking from all angles, Uh, for this one though, it could mean one or both physically and mentally, (laughs) maybe there's more in the back of your head than enemies out on the field. As for you Uhtred, the keep, I'd like to see no other car for you Uhtred. Strong, unbendable will The lighthouse in a storm Is only maintained by the light keeper Perhaps a better name is the keeper of the light (laughs) Uh, Alright, let's lay out these nine cards And uh, for the past The joke It is in imperfect alignment But maybe flipping over the next two will reveal its true nature. The theater. This doesn't fit well either, which is troubling. But let's find out the last card. <laughs> The avalanche uh, this sums up our reasoning to all be here a disaster or multiple disasters which leads back to the theater card which is prophecy a foretold event that binds us together through the acts of gods themselves <laughs> the joke card still does not have the meaning uh at least not to me but maybe you can find your own. A monster that can only be defeated through trickery or even just humor itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the present, which is the most important right now. The peacock. This is a difficult one to interpret, but maybe it represents what we are Fighting for the beauty and life that surrounds us every day. The intricate balances that are necessary to survive. (laughs) Yes, Uh, the idiot. This card may represent the imbalance that encompasses all. Greed and hubris of man who don't understand the forces at work. And the final one for present. The Demon's Lantern, (laughs) it represents traps, trickery of the mind, impossible obstacles, or odds. I think this card represents many things that are both right in front of us and right behind us. (sighs) Finally, Future, the Paladin. This is a card in beautiful placement, especially for the Phrasma 4. We are the pillars of unity and strength. It seems it doesn't matter what comes our way as we are the beacon of light in the true hours of darkness and stand resolute against the natures of darkness. The Rashasa. It's out of placement, so I'm uncertain how this affects us. Let me move on. The final one. The Cyclone. What a fascinating card to go with the Paladin. A card that represents intelligent forces at play, destructive forces, and we all know the cause and the brutality of these plans. An unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Purely brilliant!
2: Uhtri kind of rolls his eyes. I didn't need no cards to tell me that.
0: (laughs) There were three intelligence cards and three dexterity cards. So you get to choose. Dexterity is plus one to AC. Uh, intelligence is plus one on all skill checks.
2: A C. Uh, yeah, I say all AC. Right. So yeah. for the
0: next twenty-four hours, everybody has a plus one insight bonus to AC. Worth now for Yeah, I'm not I'm not for the about spell that our cast on Utrid. Uh, you get a number of single use plus one bonuses. Uh, These are luck bonuses. You have two plus one luck bonuses to attack rolls, three plus one bonuses to skill checks, one plus one bonus on any single d20 roll, and three plus one bonuses on reflex saves.
2: Okay, so from all of that I can only add a plus one to the Ballista Bolt Fire.
0: Alright, so our genus finishes his hero reading uh, just in time for evny to finish casting uh, psychic surgery on pierce who uh, his head snaps back ah! 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 Um... i'm i'm back oh evny oh, oh evny you saved me thank you so much
4: uh... <laughs>
0: <clears throat> what do you all want
1: Oh, nothing. Just uh, trying to fire this
0: bolt that I've been holding this whole time. You know the name of him? I'm going to roll the demon. a 60% chance that Pierce got the information before being struck insane. Good
1: lord. <laughs> Good lord.
4: I can't take all these so, chances.
0: Do we want if it's- 1 through 60 or do we want 41 through 100? I say we go with Nick's strategy.
3: It's worked out. Just go, high is the good result, so 41 to 100 is good. That's That would be my say. Yep. Yep.
4: All right. Yep.
0: Here we go. Sorry. No. Uh, I didn't, uh... I didn't get the information before I... Well, I, I went somewhere else, but I suppose I stayed here. I think that book might be cursed.
2: You'd be right. You think? I
0: think that book might be cursed.
2: Three very different <laughs> responses to that, <laughs> statement. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Well, you have the bolt. Uh, that's that's half of it. Should we use it, or should we try to find that name again? At this
3: point, I think we're pushing our luck on time. I think we need to. Well, just I try I think I it. might have been getting
0: close.
4: I mean, I say that we just take the shot and then just see where it goes. Honestly, it's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's worthwhile to have one of us permanently insane and not go way with back. That. Especially yeah, considering we've already got two. Two of, of them are insane
2: already. Yeah, I I, I don't want to roll the dice now that we don't have the scroll, so let's uh, let's split up here. Ugh, let's get our get our terrible. bait
3: get our bait group going, and uh, all right, let's take the shot.
2: I, I'm not really sure how this would work in, but like, I guess like once they go down and we're like turned, and Uchred's kind of looking towards the sky, he's gonna cast
4: flying displacement on himself. Alright, in that case, I'm still gonna cast Enlarge Person on uh, Does anybody else want it? Randolph? Randolph likes getting big I do like getting big, however (laughs) Do I have to fit the right You know you can't Well, no, we're outside (laughs) (laughs) We're already outside Uh, We're already outside, perfect, yeah, make me big, yo
0: Well, if we don't have that name Well, I, I, I hope Uchard's up to the task But either way We're going to need all the help we can get to take that thing down, if it really is what I think it is. Ebony's going to offer a Bear's Endurance spell to anybody who wants one. What does
2: that do again? Plus, Uh, uh, if you have a a belt
0: of plus four constitution, then it's not going to do anything. Otherwise, it gives you a plus four enhancement bonus to constitution. I will take that yeah. I would take we that, get that. All right, and she's going to cast that on herself as well. So that's going to be five castings of Bear's Endurance. All right. So we have Evni, Arginus, Rogiar, and Randolph with Thalias all heading out to uh, act as bait for the Haunting Dark. I'm sorry. Okay. Rogiar staying behind with
3: Utrid Minus Rogiar. To help aim. Especially because he and I will have the easiest right. time
0: getting to the group once the f- shot is fired. In order to get the Haunting Dark's attention, you're going to want to get to, like, around here. Like, across the moat that surrounds the city, uh, You can there's a, a drawbridge that you can take to get you over there. That'll be about 600 feet away from where Uhtred and Rogiar are going to fire their ballista now you can make the run action with your fly speeds and move four times your speed in one round Uh, neither of you are wearing heavy or medium armor so your fly speed is 60 feet so we're gonna miss the first two rounds yes after
3: firing this thing pretty much
4: Mm,
1: I think bait is a good way to describe (laughs) how I feel right now is everybody ready
2: (laughs) As ready as ever gonna be I think
1: Alright, Operation Stand Behind the NPCs (laughs) is in effect. You think I'm going to miss my shot? (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. I think you're totally going to nail whatever this guy's name is.
0: Okay, so Pierce, Evni, Dondon, Arginus, Randolph, Tholias, all group up. Uh, Very briefly, you do have to re-enter the city. There are more undead there. Uh, nothing that you can't handle, especially in the uh, the group that you're in. A couple skeletons here, a ghoul there, a few zombies. You cut them down no problem. And You make your way across the very precarious, rotting drawbridge. You completely and fully exit the city of Vigil. And after you reach the end of the bridge, you immediately hang a right and you follow the uh, the moat that you just crossed. Southwest back towards the ballista tower and just barely you can make out Utrud and Rogjar standing resolute in the ballista tower you hear a and it, it is by no means a sunny day but just the ambient sunlight above the cloud cover grows just a little fainter for a split second you look up and you see dark shadow Circling above you. Again, like almost like an upside-down shark. And you take this moment to cast all of your short duration buffs. Shield, mirror image, what have you. And a few more moments pass. And then, with an almighty screech, this enormous bat-like creature, shaped from utter darkness, its eyes, tiny red stars in the blackest night, swoops down... Onto you Utrid and Rogiar now is your chance first I want Rogiar's role to assist as Rogiar is
3: kind of helping Utrid line up this shot he's just gonna to turn to him and, and just whisper like I'm probably way off the mark on this but we might as well give it a name right it can't hurt
2: the Ballista Bolts yeah didn't it have a name already
3: well uh, t- sorry we might as well name the creature it's a complete shot in the dark, but on the off chance that it is right, you know, it'll help, and it won't hurt if it's wrong.
2: Well, you should probably be the one to guess, Rogiar, because you know I'll get the name wrong, even <laughs> if I pick the right name.
3: So as, as Rogiar is helping Uchid line up the shot, he whispers to the bolt, and he whispers, and he whispers, Watcher Lord, the II. Oh,
0: Damn. Um, but that is, that is a 20. That is enough to give Utrid a plus on 2. The dice so Utrid, you're making this attack roll at a minus 2 penalty after Rogiar's assistance.
2: And I'm going to add the plus 1 from the hero reading. Yeah, so before Utrid would fire it, he would actually use the cantrip and cast light on it. So as it's flying through the air, it's just this bright beacon of light. Nice.
0: Take a hero point, one that you can't use on this attack roll, but I'll give you a hero point for that.
2: (sighs) Not a 20, but it was an 18 on the dice for a 31.
0: So after the minus one penalty, that's a 30.
2: And if that name was correct, doesn't that add a plus 20 to it?
0: It wasn't correct.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But again,
3: there's no penalty for being wrong, so you might as well throw a name out there.
2: (laughs) It was a great guess.
0: The Ballista Bolt fires through the air. And in slow motion, everybody from the tower, because all those who are able to at the tower, like, they are watching this moment, whether they're crowded around in the Ballista Tower or on the ground, just watching this thing swoop down onto you. And you see this Ballista Bolt shining with Uhtred's Light Spell, and it makes contact. Okay, so first... Nightwing's got to make a fortitude save, I believe. I'll tell you, it's got about a 50 50 shot. All right. All right. Natural four. The Nightwing cries <laughs> out in pain, in agony. So Utrid's Ballista Ball flies true and gets it, like, right under, like, where its left wing is. Uh, meets its shoulder. And Uhtred, you cast a light spell, which is just, you know, a, a torchlight, basically. But combined with the magics of that arrow, I'm going to say it qualifies for this creature's weakness. Which, you had no idea it existed, but here it is, light aversion. A nightshade and bright light becomes sickened the penalties from this condition are doubled when the nightshade is in natural sunlight. So, here we go. It takes 100 points of damage, plus. So, Utrid roll 4d8. 17? Is that with the plus one? Yes. All right. All right. So, this creature takes 117 points of damage and is sickened. Everybody roll initiative. Utrid. 18. Our genus. Uh, 17 Rogyar. 15 Randolph 23 Dang Okay This thing screeches out in pain Randolph It is your turn The Nightwing is still about 50 feet off the ground
1: Well fuck I'm gonna cast With my one remaining spell of the day Spiritual
0: ally Nice Wait that's your last spell period Uh yeah Holy shit.
1: Okay, let me just uh, reference my notes here. <laughs> and I'm going to full attack with it. Like Santa's goddamn reindeer ready to ball. <laughs> Damn.
0: 20. Uh, 20 misses. All right. Well, will it miss again? Probably. 23. 23 is also going to miss.
1: Fucking Elksy. Well, you tried your best. That's all we can ask of you.
0: All right. Up next is Pierce. Pierce is going to... Well, he sees that he's kind of the one up in front. He was going to cast this on Randolph, but he takes out a scroll, and he casts, he casts Heroism on himself. Uh, up next is Evni. Evni is going to... She's a harrower, too. And... She's going to do a hero Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, but she is going to <laughs> use her uh, Harrow deck to uh, supplement her spell casting. She always has her deck of Harrow cards in hand. As she's casting her spell, she uh, draws the top one like she's in a fucking Yu Gi Oh! duel. And uh, she draws, uh, oh, if only he was within earshot. She draws the Cortisan card, Rogiar's card that she drew for uh, your Harrow reading. So, depending on the suit of the card that she draws as she casts this spell, she has a chance of getting some other bonus to the spell. Unfortunately, uh, is Charisma, and if she was a higher level harrower, then she could have benefited from that, but otherwise the spell is unchanged. Uh, so she's going to cast a spell onto the Haunting Dark. and Haunting Dark needs to make a will save. Another natural 4 all right oh but it's will save is fucking
1: high <laughs> uh
0: so that's still gonna pass fortunately he's still going to take half damage uh as Evny casts mind thrust three which is normally not a spell you can target an undead with but she has some tricks up her sleeve and she ignores the haunting dark's uh immunity to mind affecting effects from being undead she goes take this beast Final uh, damage roll of 31, so the Haunting Dart's going to take 15 points of damage. Damn. That was 9 d8s for 31 damage. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's rough. Utrid.
2: Utrid's going to use his standard action to cast Haste, and then his move action to fly over to where they are.
0: Okay. So, uh, doubles his fly speed to, or it just adds thirty, right? Because that's how I think it, it just adds thirty, or up to whatever up your to double, double would right? it's right, like, right. Under thirty. All right. So, you have a fly speed of ninety feet, so you can move ninety feet towards the combat.
2: Yep. I'm gonna be a little bit longer to get there, but hopefully this will get.
3: You're getting something. me there quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, all
2: the other beautiful bonuses of haste.
0: Yep. Yeah. But that's okay, because now it's Arginus' turn. I'm going to do ball lightning,
4: and I'm going to put the two right onto his squares. Okay.
0: Uh, why don't you give me two caster level checks versus its spell resistance?
4: All right. Uh, 20? 20 does not pass. And then does a 28 hit. Yes, it does. Nice. All
0: right, I'm going to give you a reflex save. That's a 30.
2: Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my God. I thought you said its will save was a good one. I did.
3: Apparently,
0: its fort save is the worst, at least. (laughs) Yeah. Well, most undead don't really need to make fortitude saves. (laughs) Fair.
4: Is it wearing metal? (laughs) I doubt it.
0: (laughs) Full plate, actually.
4: I'm going to... uh... Back up behind, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sir Ralphus. Uh, oh, sorry, Sir Randolph here. And uh, yeah,
0: up next is
3: Rogyar. <laughs> All right. Well, rogiar has got them haste zoomies, so Rogiar's gonna just <laughs> just take off flying, All right? Uh, okay. With with a run action, which is it's uh, three hundred and
0: sixty feet. Yeah. And what did I say the distance was? 600? Yeah. All right. Makes like a little sonic boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: And yeah, that's that's my turn. I'm
0: just trying to get in the fight now. A 20-foot radius is half, right? Radius is half. All right. So this thing can very easily cover everybody in this, except for Rogue Yar and Intred. Uh It's going to... It's going to provoke without really being concerned about Elksy, uh Elksy's attack of opportunity, uh, with movement. It's just going to kind of move to the side. So, Joe, go ahead and give me uh, an attack from Elxie.
1: Hell yeah, brother. 29.
0: Oh, damn. That hits. Yeah. Um, now, Joe, I need a caster level check versus its spell resistance. And if you fail, Elxie will... Wink out of existence.
1: What in the fuck? But if you this is- but
0: if you succeed, uh-huh. then Elxie will be able to attack this thing with impunity. At least not have to make spell resistance yeah. checks.
3: Like yeah, like going forward, you you don't have to make it a, a, a check every time it attacks. It's a one-time thing. I'm gonna need a power dice for this one second. Okay, here we go.
1: <gasps> Natural mother fucking twenty. Fucking power
0: 30. dice.
2: Fuck power, power dice. Alright. Also, I didn't I didn't say it, but I have been holding my power dice all night. Nice.
0: Alright, uh, how much damage does Elksie deal to this thing? Ten damage. Alright. And that bypasses its DR too, because it's Elsie's a spell. Yep, it's yep. force damage. Yep. Very nice. Alright, so uh this thing just kinda like casually flaps to the side, but Elxie uh, just rakes its uh antlers. Across this thing's flank as it passes by him, and the Nightshade does seem a little surprised that Elxie uh, made contact, but then the Nightshade proceeds to cast its spell, and I need everybody to give me will saves. Well, except for Utrid and Roger. Who got a 19 or higher?
1: Ah! Both me Everyone. and Thalias. Thalias, just by the skin of his teeth. All right. Yep, yeah, me too.
0: Wow, so everybody passed that. Well, uh, Evni failed, and so did Pierce. Uh, Dondon, ironically, uh, doesn't have to make a saving throw against this. Uh, Because he's he's evil. evil. Because he's evil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yep, the Nightshade casts Unholy Blight. So, first I'm going to roll damage. So our base damage is 22. The spell only deals half damage to creatures who are neither evil nor good. And uh, so it causes damage and the second condition for 1d4 rounds. Uh, A will save uh, halves the damage and negates the second effect. Uh, Creatures who are neutral, i.e. not good or evil, automatically take half damage and a successful save halves the damage again. Evni and Pierce both took full damage and are sickened. And looks like everybody else just took 11 damage. Okay, so it's Donnan's turn. He's got nothing right now, so he's going to he's going to move back. He, he wants to stay in Thalias' protective aura, so he's just going to move to the back end of that. Uh, and that brings us back to Randolph. The Haunting Dark did not descend. It just kind of flew laterally and then cast a spell, so it is not within reach right now.
1: Well, that's lame. I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to move Thalias 30 forward. And I'm going to move Elxy to match whatever whatever movement it just made. Because it flies. Okay. And I'm going to attack, full attack, with Elxy. And I'm going to use a free action to yell, Come down here and fight us like a man, demon! Us. Fight. And sort of realize I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I want to fight this thing. Alright. <laughs> oh no, natural one by Elxy, no. Ooh, they're all looking for... 17.
0: 17 confirms. Ah, fuck. Now what happens? Well, this is a spell. So, Matt, we need a spell fumble. A spell fumble? That's
3: a weird one. Alright. You bastard. Now I see you. Uh, the target, so the nightshade, becomes invisible for 1d4 rounds. Oh. My god.
1: What in the goddamn fuck? How is this possible? It's an attack roll, not a spell.
0: So, Elxie uh, rakes forward with its antlers and there was just some some weird hiccup in the the equation Time-space continuum. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 like the macro, the equation that that Randolph uh, released with this spell and just some some unexpected hidden pocket of magical potential just exploded out at the worst possible moment and obscures the haunting dark from sight. Now... 1d4 rounds, you said, Matt? Yeah.
2: Let Joe roll it. 1d4 rounds. Let Joe roll it. Roll it,
1: Joe. I'll roll it, I'll roll it. But, question. Yeah. Does it look like it was defeated? Because I would take that as an absolute win. It does not. It just... It died from going invisible? No, I mean, like, how does it turn... It just poofs
0: out of existence or it goes
1: all right guys i'm going invisible
0: i,
2: I the antler touches it and
0: yeah poof. i i think at this point uh everybody's been Familiar with long invisibility. enough to yeah just yeah. know what gotcha what it, what the difference between turning invisible and teleporting and like being obliterated mm-hmm. looks like
1: totally makes sense and the d4 was a two
3: and I'd also like to remind Randolph, I'm pretty sure you still have a standard action and you can use C Invisibility as your class action. Class ability. That's class action right, lawsuit.
1: I totally do. And I will turn on my C Invisibility um, eyeballs. All right, great turn for Randolph. Uh, well, and um, as another free action, I'm going to point at it and say, it's still there, it's just invisible, right there where I'm pointing, next to Elksy.
0: Don, it says, oh, I thought you got it. I appreciate him. Elxie <laughs> um, does have a second attack. Uh, it'd be at full concealment, but you can do it. All right, why the shit not? Let's do it. It'll be a three natural 20s. Well, there's oh, there's the oh. first one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the man- manifested show. <laughs> roll to shit. confirm. Uh, no. Uh, 15 to confirm does not confirm alright so now I'm rolling concealment do you want highs uh, or lows I believe it's an
1: automatic hit Alex uh, uh, automatic hit on a crit
0: no not when concealment's involved
1: okay I want highs always highs gotta stay highs yeah.
0: alright 51 to 100 Alexi hits that invisible undead he was the strongest of all of us 78 <laughs> yes yeah 1d10 plus 3
4: yes
2: 11 damage baby wow it takes all 11. Yep. Alexi's doing work. I said he was going to 1v1 this thing. I mean, it's yeah. invisible now,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but worry. Me and Alexi can it, still see it. Does it? Yeah, Randolph. Yeah, he's, he directs Alexi. Yeah. All right, it's Dondon's turn. And he's like, ah, I've actually got something for this. And he casts the Invisibility on himself. Uh, and now. Oh, wait. Don is at the end of initiative Uh, Randolph just went Uh, it's now Pierce's turn yeah alright Pierce is going to pull out a scroll and cast see invisibility on himself
2: (laughs) man I feel so stupid I don't have this spell right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah alright it's Evni's turn Uh, Evni's going to she's gonna go for another mind thrust can
3: she mind thrust
0: it would she need to be able to see it? Right. Okay. Um, that's fine. Evni is going to cast... Moment of Greatness. Nice. On Alexy On everybody, I think. I don't know if anyone's benefiting from a morale bonus right now, but... I think. Pierce. a morale bonus? I think Pierce might be. With his heroism. Yeah, he totally is. Alright, so... That's something. And... Utrid is now your turn. Well, I can't even get there yet. I know. But
2: yeah, I'll take the uh, times four for 360 feet, plus the 90 I went last round for, I'm at the 450 mark. I got
4: 150 left. Okay. Uh, Arginus. Arginus is going to cast Glitter Dust. Now, <laughs> upon reading the rules here... Uh, I believe Glitter Dust is one of the few things that can actually beat out spell resistance.
2: It might be, because the way Glitter Dust works is like... Yeah,
4: no, uh, it is not subject to spell resistance.
0: Okay. So yeah, it's a will save. Versus the blindness. That's a natural 20 for a 37. (laughs) Yeah, that makes it. Okay, so it's not blind.
2: How funny would that be if it went invisible, (laughs) ended up blinded, and we could all see it.
0: So yeah, it's... It's a creature of shadow, but it's, gold, it's sparkly glittery. shadow. That's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> We've turned it into
3: a twilight vampire. Yep. All
0: right. Uh, Rogar, you're up. So
3: I went 360 feet last time, so I'm still, what, 240 away? Uh, one f- fourth. Two, yeah, 240. All right. So even with my range infusion, that's 120. I can't get within range this round. So, Ruggier's going to take that run action to get all the way up here into the fight. Okay. But he'll stay kind of back near Dondon, but like, he'll probably be a good
0: 30 feet in the air. Okay. It's now the Nightwing's turn. And uh, he's going to take Randolph's advice. Going to provoke from uh, Elxy. Fuck yeah. To descend onto Randolph.
1: That's a 30 to hit.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, Alex, you got a 30 to hit? God God damn. All right. Roll damage.
2: (laughs) MVP. MVP. (laughs) I told (laughs) you.
0: Nine damage. Yeah, this thing's going to take a snap at uh, Randolph. Mm -hmm. That's a 34. Ooh, hold on. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure that hits, but I've got some buffs, as you Mm. know.
1: Yeah, that'll hit.
0: Through a combination of cold damage and physical uh, physically biting you, Randolph, you take fifty-two points of damage.
1: Uh I'm not sure I heard you correctly. Five two damage?
0: Yeah, fifty-two points of damage.
1: Holy fuck. Uh okay. And my my bead already activated today, so So ow. I, yeah, so ow. Uh
0: and give me a will save. Versus its magical drain,
1: thirty-two.
0: Okay, none of your magic is drained, but yeah, this thing. uh,
1: But (laughs) fifty-two.
0: Yeah, (laughs) fifty-two points of damage from one bite, and now it's Dondon's turn. Well, he had a glitter, uh, glitter dust, uh, ready to go, but it's not needed anymore. He's uh, Dondon can't do anything. Uh,
1: He can take fifty-two HP. (laughs) I don't know about that.
0: Uh, Randolph, it's your turn.
1: I'm going to make a heroic full retreat action.
0: Unless you're planning on using acrobatics, I don't know if you can uh, move away without provoking.
1: Okay, then I'm going to take the slightly more heroic approach and fight this thing. (laughs) I'm going to whip Elksy to the other side, and all three of us, heart of the cards, are going to pummel this thing.
2: Do it, Joe. One man ban this guy. <laughs> with a little assistance from your backup singer Hootcher. Yep. <laughs> 25.
1: 27. Oh, okay. 27. It's just a regular
0: flank, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like a 27. It's not going to hit.
1: Dang it, Bobby. Then a 19's not going to hit nope. either. But that's just the start of my fury. Now, Thalias gets dedicated slam now because I got Oh, yeah, he's very dedicated right now. So, he's, he's an ultra dedicated boy and he's gonna 25 25's not gonna hit but wait there's more natural 20 with a 26 to confirm 26 won't confirm but that's still a hit okay and it's 14 max rolled bludgeoning damage plus 6 max rolled fire damage
0: the 14 is with like the dedicated slam and all that Uh, so yeah unfortunately the nightshade absorbs all 14 damage but what about the 6? the 6 fire damage uh, looks like it takes all of that
1: all right, and it's time for our hero of the piece, Elsie.
2: Yeah, we're getting stronger <laughs> each time as we
1: go up in our power levels.
4: <laughs>
2: oh. oh,
1: that's a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great man, roll time. to
4: confirm. Oh, uh, gosh.
0: 28 to confirm. 28 will confirm the fumble.
3: Oh, my fucking Need God. Need another wow. spell fumble, please. Okay. So this is called Tiring Spell. You are fatigued. Okay.
0: Oh, the monster's fatigued. No, no, I think Randolph is, is fatigued. Is fatigued. Oh, why am I fatigued? You are the caster. Oh God. Okay. Uh Elsie's got another attack roll if you dare. Oh, he does.
1: Oh, I absolutely dare, dude. <laughs> Daring's the only thing I do.
0: You only oh, hit on a natural dude. twenty. <laughs> well, he has. No such. No such luck. Like All right. Thing. Okay, it's Pierce's turn. He's gonna five-foot step right up to this thing, and. uh Give this Nightshade his regards. And he's also flanking with... He is also LC, flanking, and he has a special ability that's going to make this thing flat-footed versus his first attack. Ooh! And he's also going to burn his uh, moment of greatness. Altogether, that's going to be a 27 to hit uh, with the flank bonus versus his flat-footed AC. And that hits. Yeah! Right. Oh, man. Alright, That that was like Pierce's Big attack. Yeah, that DR just ate up all of it. He was close, but yeah. Uh, all right, up next is Evny. Evny's going to take another... Well, she's going to five-foot step back. She's going to spend a move action centering her uh, psychic casting so she doesn't increase her concentration check, and then she's going to cast defensively. She's going to fail. Up next is Uhtred.
2: I'm... I think 450, I'm 150 away, so I think I need to take the times four again? No, I can take a double move action. I'm gonna fly up ninety feet. And with my standard action, I'm gonna cast mirror image on myself. Okay. Six
0: mirrors. Okay. Uh next okay. up is Arginus. Uh, first things first, why don't
4: I bring the lightning ball over? Right.
0: So, That'll cost you a move we'll action. Do that first. Yeah, yeah, oh. And it's reflex save. That's a 23. So it it passes. it's going it to take yeah, yeah. All right.
4: How how far above the ground is this thing?
0: It's like five feet over the ground, but
4: yeah. Is. All right. Um, in that case, <laughs> our genus is going to do something stupid. And is going to cast Decompose Corpse by running up and touching it. That's not an applicable target. Is it not a... I thought you said it was a subtype. Decompose Corpse, is, to my um, knowledge, doesn't work on undead creatures. It does. It gives a minus two to AC.
0: Oh, look at that. His movement is going to provoke from this thing. So here, here's the order of operations. Arginus is going to have to move up to it. That's going to provoke. And then unless he's positive this thing doesn't have combat reflexes and can't make another attack of opportunity, uh, he'll have to cast defensively, and then assuming he succeeds, he'll need to make a melee touch attack. That's why you got mirrors. Go for it.
4: Yep. Okay. Let's do it. Live by the claw, die by the... Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong.
2: It's
0: still applicable. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Alright, that's going to be a 38 to hit.
4: 38 hits.
0: Okay. Uh, how many mirrors you got?
4: And so, seven mirrors.
0: Okay. I'm going to roll a d8, and a one is our genus. Eight. Our genus. Our genus. So, our genus is now within range to touch this thing. Uh, he can just cast the spell and not worry about concentration. And if this thing doesn't have combat reflexes, then that's all there is to it. But if it does, then it's going to provoke. Uh, but he's got mirrors, or he can just assume it might provoke and try to cast defensively.
4: No, I'm just gonna cast it without casting defensively. Right. The it man. does have
0: combat reflexes. He's got some mirrors. Honestly, I didn't know it until right. literally that second when I looked it up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as you said it, I was like, it probably has combat reflexes. Alex is clearly. Yeah, you me still himself. got all a right of yep. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I'm going to re-roll an 8, and a 1 is our genus, 3. All right, uh, so give me a melee touch attack.
4: Melee, oh god, this is suicide. <laughs> and a uh, 23. 23
0: will beat its touch AC.
4: Nice! So this thing has a minus 2 to yeah. its AC. <laughs> For Damn, that's pretty
2: impressive, dude. Your spellcaster nice oh, just charged headlong on this thing <laughs> to run <laughs> and up and high-five it. its fucking talent.
0: Okay, up next is Rogiar. Can all
2: right?
3: Let's see if we can take advantage of that AC. Can you put penalty. an end to this madness? That's the hope. Uh, Rogyar is going to gather power to empower an air blast. So gather power, empowered air blast, not deadly aim. Okay. Oh. Should have deadly aimed. That's a <laughs> 37 to hit. 37 uh, will hit. And that
0: is, uh, 30, that is 57 damage. And with Rogiar's grand entrance, he fires an air blast at the Nightwing, and it plummets to the ground, dead.
4: Yes! You're right, you're oh right. I, God. I imagine
3: like, Rogier is just sitting there gathering power waiting for the right moment and this thing just turns and you can see Iomide's needle sticking out of its chest and Roger aims his blast right at it and just shoves it straight into the
0: thing's heart and we'll see you, know? you next week oh, oh, man. on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast <laughs> See ya See ya See ya see ya. See ya. <laughs>